My name is Blake Huffine, and I'm the pastor here at the Movement Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope this message inspires you. hope it grows you closer to Jesus Christ. So let's jump right in and receive the message. I was depressed, selfish, ashamed, suicidal, reckless, bigoted, a player, <laughs> the wretch that the song refers to. Yeah, that was me. But let me tell you what God can do. He can give you purpose. This message marks pretty much the one-year anniversary since the Movement Church first streamed. And so for today's message, I actually want to go back to Acts chapter 9, where we started in Acts chapter 9. So... um, If you don't know, this is about a man who was known for his approval of murder. But not just murder, but the murder of the followers of Jesus. It's said that he approved the murder of the first martyr for Jesus Christ, which is Stephen. So I want to go to Acts chapter 9, and this man's name is Saul, if you do not know. Saul, who becomes Paul. Um, and he's basically the first century dog the bounty hunter for Christians, okay? This is, I mean, he's known for his disapproval with uh, the way, uh, the Jesus followers, this movement. He's very well um, knowledged in the Old Testament. For his age, he was young. He was very admired by uh, Pharisees. Um, and, and in these verses, he's heading to arrest the disciples, but... Something interrupts his goal, his plan. Um, so let's let me share you the story. So starting in chapter nine, it says, "Now Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked for letters from him to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, which is Jesus, both men and women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem." As he was traveling, it happened that he was approaching Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. And he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And the voice said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city, and it will be told you what you must do. The men who traveled with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. Saul got up from the ground, and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. And leading him by the hand, they brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple at Damascus whose name was Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Get up and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas. For a man from Tarsus named Saul is praying. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man. How much harm he did to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. As if God doesn't know this, right? 
But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the sons of Israel, for I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So Ananias departed and entered the house, and after laying his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you were coming, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales. He regained his sight, and he got up and was baptized, and he took food and was strengthened. Then it says for several days he stayed with the disciples, and then immediately began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogues. Wow. So you talk about a radical life change, right? We have Saul here, known for breathing threats, trying to murder, trying to arrest followers of Jesus. And then here he has this radical encounter on the road. Life change. Goes and gets filled with the Holy Spirit and baptized. And then he's preaching the gospel several days later. Radical life change. So in your life, whenever you go, when you come to Christ, when you have that relationship, when you when you are born again, this is what's happened here, you are not supposed to reflect your former life, right? This is this is clearly one of the themes here is dramatic, radical life change that happens when you come to Christ. But again, that's not what I'm zeroing in on here for you today. Again, I want to point out Ananias here. Now, mind you, Ananias, this Ananias is not mentioned anywhere else in the Bible. This is the only place that this Ananias appears. And look what happens. Look what happens. He lays hands on Paul and he receives his eyesight back. And then he's filled with the Holy Spirit. Do we see what's happened here? A regular man, a regular man knows the voice of God, okay? God calls on him. Jesus calls him and he knows that it's the Lord. And Jesus doesn't say, how you doing, right? There's no, how you been? No greeting. It's Ananias. Here I am, Lord. Get up and go. I mean, let's go. I've got something for you. And you need to be at that readiness for God. You need to have that quickened uh, spirit that you're ready to walk in the calling and the assignment that God has brought for you. You cannot be a lazy Christian. What is that, like an oxymoron? Two things that can't be together? You cannot be a lazy Christian. You have got to be ready to receive God's calling, God's assignment. And that's us. We are Ananias. We are Ananias. It just makes me think how we are both people in this chapter though. Supposed to be both people. We're supposed to be both people. We're supposed to be attuned to the voice of God, ready to receive calling. We're supposed to have had a radical life change, not living in our former ways, not doing the things that we used to do, not thinking the way we used to think. 
and that we're proclaiming Jesus as Lord, saying that He is the Son of God. We should be walking in our calling. We should be working in our God-given purpose. So you might be saying right now, well, Blake, I've not received my calling. I don't know what God is calling me to do. Well, then you need to get in the Word a little bit more. Because I can give you your general calling right now. Your general calling. No matter what specified thing God calls you to do, you're going to be doing this general calling. Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. Go therefore, this is Jesus after he is risen. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And you might be thinking, well, I've heard that a million times. Well, then you know your calling. Go make disciples. Baptize them in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe all that he has commanded. Well, what has he commanded? Love your neighbor. Love God, love your neighbor. What else did he command? Mark 16, these signs will accompany those who have believed in me. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Teaching them to obey all, observe all that I have commanded you. Well, if you want to know your calling, observe all that Jesus has commanded and do those things. Now, they may be specified in some ways. Maybe some of you are supposed to be a dentist. Some of you might be supposed to work in construction. Some of you might be supposed to be a pastor. Maybe you're supposed to write a book. I don't know. That's with prayer and reading the Word and, and spending time with the Holy Spirit. Those specified things God will reveal to you in His will. But your generalized calling is to spread the gospel. Spread the gospel. Make disciples. You don't have to be a pastor to make disciples. If you believe in the name of Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you believe that Jesus died on the cross for you and forgave you of your sins and you've repented and put your trust in Him, been baptized in Him, then your calling is to make disciples. And you should be making disciples. You should be representing the kingdom. I'm not saying walk around like something you're not. You should be that person if you're in Christ. You shouldn't be a different person on Sunday morning than you are on Monday morning when you walk back into work or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or Friday or Saturday nights. You should be that follower, that lover of Christ. And if you're going back in your former ways until Sunday morning and you get a refill, then you need to spend more time in the Word and there's a lot more that you need to surrender to Christ. In Revelation, it says Jesus says that He will spit out those who are hot nor who are not hot for Jesus that are cold. He said it says that they're hot they're not hot or cold, that they're lukewarm. If you're not on fire for the Lord, it says that he's going to spit us out of his mouth. Now, I'm not saying that to pressure you in or try to brainwash anybody into it. You should have that love and hunger for Christ. And if you don't, you've got some stuff in your in the way and you've not truly understood who Christ is. When I first became a Christian, I thought it was, well, I guess a Christian, I thought it was just practice and just, well, I'm supposed to read the Bible. I didn't truly encounter Christ. I didn't understand who Christ was. The moment that someone truly explained the gospel to me, I broke down in tears and cried and cried and could not stop crying. When I, whenever I heard what really happened on Calvary, 
My heart shifted. But it didn't shift enough because I went into a rough lifestyle. I did for a while. But I didn't surrender. I didn't understand surrender. So I'm telling you right now, if you want to love God and have that fire for God, the more of yourself surrender, the more of that fire you get. Right? The more of your stuff that you throw into the fire, the bigger the flame gets. We know that. Surely some of you know that. The more logs, the more wood you add to the fire, the bigger the fire gets. The more of yourself and your selfish desires that you give to God, the greater the fire for Him will be in your life. The more of Him that you give, your, give of yourself, the more of yourself that you give Him, the greater love and affection and desire you're going to have for Him. So guys, make disciples. Spend time with the Spirit. And just give it all to Him. You don't even know what you're missing if you haven't fully surrendered to Christ. It's not a religious practice. It is amazing to be fully surrendered. To be engulfed in a love and a power and supernatural experience with God that we've always desired, right? We hear the story about Moses with the burning bush and stuff, and we're like, man, how cool would that have been? Surrender to God, and you can have a similar encounter with the Holy Spirit being engulfed, the room shifting into the presence of God. That isn't something of the past, of just the first 33 years since A.D. started. That's not what that is. That is the Holy Spirit that was promised to be with us till the end of the age. Even here in Matthew, it says, I will be with you always till the end of the age where two or more are gathered. I am there in the midst. Whenever you surrender and you come into agreement and give praise and glory to God with your life, you will encounter and experience God. He's been speaking this whole time. Everybody, all the atheists and stuff say, well, your God is silent. Our God is not silent. He is speaking all the time. Are we listening? Is the world too loud for us to hear the voice of God? We don't have a silent God. Our God gave us a word. And he speaks to it. Yet being thousands of years old, these texts, these words, they come to life. They still speak. Being as old as they are, they're still relevant to your modern day life now. And if this isn't good enough for you, get alone, get in a prayer closet and pray in the Spirit and you can still hear the voice of God. <laughs> I'm going to preach a hole through the ceiling in this place. <laughs> so guys, the more you surrender, the more of God you're going to experience. Observe the general commission, the great commission, and experience God. Let me pray for you. Father, I want to thank you for this message. I want to thank you for this ministry. It's been here a year now, God, and we're planning for many more years until your great return, Lord. We're going to glorify you until the end. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that you've given us. We thank you for the power and the anointing. God, we thank you for the opportunity. That while yet we were still sinners, you died for us, Lord. That you had mercy on us. We're undeserving, but we are grateful, God. So we thank you for all you do, Lord. And we pray that you'll just continue to be with us. Continue to work with us, Lord. Um, and we give you all the praise and the glory of what you've done in all of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. And most of all, be sent. Go make disciples. <sighs> Go make disciples.